0: I've entitled the sermon this morning, I'll Fix It. Our big idea for the sermon is abstain from passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. What well, we need to take away from this. Matter of fact, it's, all, it's, it's nice and short. Let, let's all say this together. Abstain from the passions of the flesh, which war, wage war against your soul. It'd be better if I could read that without stuttering, wouldn't it? But we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, sometimes those words. Well, sometimes it's like a lifeline. Other than the time, it's like an anvil when you're when you're treading water. I'll fix it. I can remember as a as a little boy, I always wanted to be helpful. I was always trying to help Dad fix things. Any dads here ever had like six-year-old boys try to help them? How many of you held the la- held the uh, the flashlight for your dad? Anybody here? <laughs> <laughs> Let me help Dad. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Oh, <laughs> quite often whenever I would help my Dad, well. I say I was I was probably more harmed than help. And you know, it's one of the one of those things, you know, as you you know, whenever you have something that's broke, you generally want someone who is a professional or who's well versed in fixing whatever is broken. I've told my wife now many times the things that have gone wrong, hey, I'll fix it, and uh only to only to call a, a real professional after taking it apart and being unable to figure out how to put it back together. I'll fix it. But today we're going to see how this relates in the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to stand as we read from God's word. And we're actually going to be in Galatians 4. This gives us Christian context for this portion for this story in genesis tell me you who desire to be under the law do you not listen to the law for it's written that abraham had two sons one by a slave woman and one by a free woman but the son of the slave was born according to the flesh while the son of the free woman was born through the promise now this is to be interpreted allegorically these women are two covenants one is from mount sinai bearing children to slavery she is hagar now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She she corresponds to present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But to Jerusalem from above, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one, who does not bear, break forth and cry aloud, you who do not are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one shall be more than the, the one who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But according but just at, at that time He who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brothers, we are not children of the uh, children of the slave, but of the free woman. Thank you, Father, for your word. We ask that you would add your blessing to it. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A lot of us have heard the probably most of us who have been in church have heard the story of of uh, Hagar and Sarah and Abram. And probably some of you didn't know that this, you know, that, that this is actually mentioned again in the in the New Testament. And we're going to reference this scripture probably for about three or four Sundays as we talk about doing things according to the flesh and the law and the spirit. Because those do not, well, those don't play well together. There's going to be conflict in each one. And we're going to talk talk about how they conflict with each other. So in summary of what we just just read, the old covenant is represented by Hagar. She was the slave of Sarai. To, uh, to To her was born Ishmael, who was a representation of the flesh. Which is also a representation of the law once the new covenant came. Sarah is a representative of the, of the new covenant, of the new promise. She is free. She's the mother of Isaac. He is the child of promise, the child born according to the promise. And he represents the spirit to us. And so now I want you to kind of keep that in your mind as we go through the story, uh, the story of Hagar. In the Old Testament, so back to Genesis uh, chapter 16, there are some problems that appear. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Now, before Christmas, we were talking about Abraham, the father of faith, and we've got back to we've got back to this, and we will finish up through this before we uh, before we uh, we jump to another book in the Bible, James. So remember, Abraham was distraught. He said, "Lord, you said that my descendants are going to be many, and that uh, right now I I don't have a son. Matter of fact, my head servant Eliezer of Damascus is going to inherit all my stuff." Because I'm old and I got no kids. And the Lord took him outside and said, all right, I want you to look up into the skies and see the stars. And if you can number the stars, then so your descendants can be numbered. And then God made a covenant with Abraham. So now, coming up to speed here, we have a problem that has occurred here. And the problem is in the form of, well, of two women here. Actually, one who kind of initiates all of this. Sarai. Oh, her name means princess. But she's an old lady now. She's past the age of bearing. But there's a, there's a, she has a servant, which probably she got whenever they went to, whenever they went to Egypt during the famine. And her name is, is Hagar. And it means to flight or to run away. So what we have here is we have the wife and the servant. And, you know, a bad idea is going to come up from this. Now, Sarah, said to Abraham, behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. All right. Now, what is happening here? This is this is what happens in the culture of, of the day. If you were blessed by the Lord, then you were see Then you had lots of children. And if you were cursed by the Lord, then you were then uh, then you were barren. And so the culture had influenced Sarah. And she thought that she was not blessed. You know, if we'll listen to what the culture says. It will go contrary to the promise that God has made to us. So what happens whenever whenever we allow ourselves to be influenced by the culture? Well, you know, we're going to pick up some of the practices of the culture. And it was part of the practice of that culture that, well, she could give her servant to her husband and the children that the servant girl bore would be considered hers, Sarai's. Because the servant belonged to her mistress. So anything that had it was basically, you know, kind of a proxy thing there. She could have children. The children would be uh, would be legally Sarah's. If we'll allow the culture to speak into our ear, we'll develop some of the practices that they have. We'll begin to believe some of the myths that they have. And because Sarai went along with the, with the culture, she gave permission. Sarai was the head wife. She gave permission to her serve, or to her husband to take her slave to be his junior wife. Now, the culture in this and even in today, a culture is allegorically the flesh. (coughs) It's what we want to do. Culture has given us such terms as, well, back in the 70s, if it feels good, do it. Back in the 90s, you know, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. No, those are very good ways to live your life. Now we have things like silence is violence. Or if you don't agree with me, then I I have the right to shout over top of you. You see, culture comes up with some pretty messed up ways to live the life culture changes you know what many times the church is downstream of culture and so the pollutants in the river get washed down into the church the church needs to be upstream of culture we need to allow the goodness of god to flow through us and into the stream And to affect affect the culture that way. So, what happens here? Big problem. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Guys, we want to take this away. Don't listen to your wife. No. (laughs) No, don't say that. Hey, some of you are asleep there. That one caught you. (laughs) Oh. I mean, just. just, Can't have any children, honey. I tell you what, we got this young slave girl. You take her. And you see Abraham there? Okay, that sounds like a good idea to me. (laughs) Oh, Oh, goodness. I realize this cult, but I can't see human nature is changing much. Oh, let's move along here before I get myself in any more trouble. Oh, now, now who could have foreseen this? Let's read this portion of scripture here, uh, uh, verses three and four. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Cana, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt at her mistress. Alright. Things don't go as planned. Had this idea, hey, the culture says this. Let's do what the culture says. Let's do what the flesh says. You know, at any point along the way, Sarah and Abraham could have, could have went to one of the altars that Abram built and could have offered sacrifice and could have asked of the Lord what it is we're supposed to do, but they didn't. Abram had the idea, well, if you follow the flesh, you get certain results. No wonder. Secondary wife, she's looking at that old hag who's her mistress, and she's going, huh, well, we see now who's favored of the Lord and who's not, you barren old hag. Oh, she may not have said that, but you notice what? It says she looked at her and she had contempt. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm the I'm the promised one. I'm the one that I've heard you guys talk about Yahweh coming down and promising of that. And you know what? That makes me number one. And you're not even on there. But if you follow the flesh, you're going to get certain results in your life. Now, what would happen? And this is something because in the scripture we see where it talks about God imparting the basics of the law to, to Abram. Because he said, hey, he's going to teach it to his, his children. So Abraham had already had the Lord speak to him about what it was he was going to do for his descendants. And so you see, the law was given to restrain the flesh. Here it is, the flesh, Hagar. Here it is, Sarai. She is the promised one. She's, the, she's part of the promise. And what happens there? Because they didn't go to God. Because they didn't look at, they didn't look at, the, at the teachings of the Lord, which, which Yahweh had shared. They went contrary to what God wanted. Now you see, we're, we're really lucky. We have the whole Bible. We can take a look and we can see what the statutes of the Lord are. And if you want to have a life that is truly free, You have to look into the law of liberty. The promise was given to set us, you and I, free. This is an example of what happens whenever you follow the culture, whenever you follow the flesh. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring was that he would be heir to the world, but not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. You see, Christians, sometimes we, we get this idea that if we do enough, if we memorize the Ten Commandments, all the Beatitudes, the fruits of, uh, the fruit of the Spirit, that somehow we are going to be free. Sometimes we make our own law, don't we? We've taken the law of liberty, which we're supposed to live in, and we make it into rules and regulations We make it into a way of life. Oh, Christian philosophy. Christian way of doing things. And we tend to check off boxes. That is not the Christian life. Here's our promise. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's you and you and you and me. And what is the promise of Abraham? So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. You see, God wants to pour his spirit out on you. You see, the law is that schoolmaster which shows us our sin. It shows us that we we can't live the Ten Commandments, much less half the teachings of Jesus. We come to this point that we realize that The law, our legalistic following of the word, does not make us any more Christian than memorizing the Ten Commandments. You have received or you are to receive. I hope everybody has the spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ wants to set you free. He wants you to receive him for the forgiveness of your sins with repentance towards God. And now the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If we follow the law, the law just brings us to the point that we see that we're, we're no good. Now we need to let the Spirit come upon us. That happens at salvation. All right. So our promise is not that we get to inherit land in Israel. But that we receive the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. All right. Back to the story here. Here's Sarah. And those of you who've been reading along will come up with the same conclusion I did. Sarah goes and speaks to uh, speaks to her husband. And she says, behold, oh, I've looked at the wrong word. And Sarah said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between You and me. What? Sarah, I was just following what you said. You said, hey, we, you know, we can't have kids. Take my maid. I did. I did what you said. It's not my idea. It's your idea. Let the Lord judge between me and you. You see, whenever we follow the flesh, it kind of gives us a little filter to our eyes, doesn't it? We tend to see things that are, you not know, that's not my fault. We see them in a certain way. And even, you know what, sometimes this word the spirit, sometimes we get a legalistic uh, glasses that we wear. You know, you put those on and you look out there and you go, ah, oh, bunch of sinners. Look at that. She's got her legalistic glasses on. She's got her glasses of the flesh on. She's looking and she's saying, You know what, Abraham, because you listened to me, because you did exactly what I said, you're at fault. We will address this at the, at the marriage conference. No, we won't. <laughs> address up, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If you follow what the culture does, it's going to be a work of the flesh. You're going to justify yourself. Ever caught your kids doing something? That you told them not to do. And then listen to the excuses that they make. That's a prime example of what happens in the flesh. That's a prime example of what we have here. We don't like to get caught. We follow the flesh. We do wrong. The law is given so that it defines what what wrong is as sin. The law is only good enough to point out our sin. We need a savior. All right, so here's Abram. He has no idea what to say. I've just done whatever it is you, you said. I mean, oh my goodness. So what does he do? Well, he passes the buck. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. I don't know what's going on. I listen to my wife. It sounded like a good plan to me. Uh, Oh, so what does he say? Behold, your servant is in your power. He passes the buck, doesn't he? Honey, whatever you want. Some of you have said that. I've said that. He just wants peace in the house. That's it. He's not interested in saying, "Oh, honey, look, look. This is what happened here. We followed the culture. We didn't go to God. You know, we, you know, we, we messed up by by doing what the flesh is. You know, we even, you know, God even spoke to me about about the promise and about how this was going to come through you. And we didn't go to the altar. We didn't." Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the servants in your power, whatever you want, honey. So what does Sarah do? Did Sarah dealt harshly with her? And Hagar fled from her. My wife tells me that if there are too many women in an office, that they will pick on each other. I notice the same thing in a hen house, too, but I won't bring that, that analogy in there. Because Sarah had been given the authority just to run wild, do whatever it is you want. I'm just, you know, hey, I just want peace in the house. I just want to read my newspaper. No. I just want to be quiet. Stop. Stop the yammering. Don't laugh too loud, honey. They'll wonder about this. (laughs) So Sarai. Oh, the woman of faith, the woman of promise. She pecks on her handmaiden until her handmaiden runs away. Sounds like a work of the flesh, doesn't it? Oh. Sarah is, was not happy. She takes it out on the servant girl. She bullies the servant girl. You know, this is the first recorded time of pink and blue thinking. Abraham is thinking, hey, if I just give in to what my wife wants, it'll be good. And Sarah is thinking, I'm going to scratch her eyes out. So Hagar is caught in the middle between two powerful individuals. Two people are supposed to be God's representative on the earth. Who are supposed to teach their children the ways of God. And what happens? Well, just like good godly Christians, that whenever we follow the way of the flesh, there are going to be bad results. She runs away. And you know what? God intervenes. God still cares about what's going on. Even though Sarah and Abram were outside the will of the Lord, they were operating in the flesh, they weren't using good godly principles, God still has his hand on the situation. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Sur. Now, remember, as we've gone through Genesis, after the Tower of Babel, what happens? God divorces the nations. He sends them out to the four corners of the earth. This little Egyptian girl is not part of God's plan to bring reconciliation to the world. But God cares. God would be raising raising up a chosen race. But he never stopped caring about the Gentiles. And he never stopped caring about a poor little girl who'd been taken from her homeland who just followed the ways of the flesh, ways of the culture, Got pregnant by a powerful man and thought that that would give her seniority. Thinking about the ways of the flesh. But God still has his hand on her. And so he speaks words of wisdom. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Boy, do you think a 16-year-old girl liked hearing that? You see, sometimes God's plan for us. We don't have to like it. But if we'll do it, there'll be some great results. The angel of the Lord says to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. Now, you know what? God still uses that idea on Christians today. Better advice than Dr. Phil could give. Submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. Well, if we're going to be part of part of the chosen race. We have received the gift of the Holy Spirit through faith. Which means that we have an obligation to each other. Ephesians Ephesians 5.21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, this is the same type of information that the angel of the Lord was giving to Hagar that day. Out of the fear of the Lord, submit to your mistress. How much, how much trouble would we stay out of if we managed to submit to one another out of reverence for God? I'll let that one sit there for just a second. Think about that. You see, a lot of times we war because we want things our way, don't we? Kind of sounds like Sarai. Kind of sounds like Hagar. When there is no submission, we tend to promote ourselves. We take a look through Ephesians, and there's a lot of things that, we're to, that a lot of people are told to submit to each other. Husband, uh, wives to husband, children to parents, slaves to masters. And in case any of them were missed, Paul told everybody, submit to one another. And that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? And a lot of times that we get ourselves in trouble whenever we forget this word from the angel of the lord submit i know there's been some bad teaching on that and sometimes husbands use that as a as a club to kind of kind of uh, you know try to club their wife, "Hey, the Bible says submit to me." But if we'll do it the way that God wants us to do it. Submitting means to to uh, voluntarily let someone else be in charge. It's a military term. Private submit to the sergeants, sergeants to the lieutenants, lieutenants to generals. It's the proper way. We need to learn to submit to one another for the, because of the reverence we have for Jesus Christ. You'll find out many of your problems that have come about because we are fleshly. Oh, yes, we are. We might be we might be uh, children of the promise. We might have the promised Holy Spirit within us, but you know what? That flesh is still alive, isn't it? We want what we want. We need to learn to want what Jesus wants. And so, what happens here? The angel gives a, the angel gives a blessing. The angel, of the Lord said to her, "I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude." Actually, this is part of the blessing of Abraham, isn't it? Ishmael is still a son of Abraham. And so part of the promise of the Lord belongs to Ishmael. Even though Abram, Sarah, and Hagar got outside of God's promise, God still honors his word. We should all strive to be like our father. But you know what? This, pro- this, blessing com- this blessing comes with a prophecy. Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. Oh, your son's going to be a wild man. He's going to be powerful. He's going to have great kingdoms and great cities and great civilizations are going to come from him. But you know what? He is going to be against everyone. He is going to be a man of war. You see, when we get into the flesh, there are consequences. Ishmael. What happens? The Arabs see Ishmael as a progenitor of their race. We look in there, we find that Ishmael is a big part of the Quran. We know that there's tension between Arabs and Jews. We know that Muslims, there's a great bit of tension against Christians as well as Jews. Yes, Ishmael means God hears. But because God's chosen people, Sarah and Abram, didn't follow the promise of God. We now have a third major religion. One that is at odds with his brothers. Whose hand is against every man. Who has raised up great kingdoms and has spread their word. By the sword. You see, that's what happens whenever we don't do things God's way. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a nation. Kings are going to come from you. Sarai. Well, God can't do this. Let's come up with another way. The other way, look what it causes even today. We are children of the promise. And as children of the promise, we allow the, we allow the promise of God and the love of God to overshadow us. To let it dictate the way that we live our life because we love Jesus. Love doesn't want its own way. Flesh does. Are you going to follow the Lord? Are you going to follow the flesh? Are you going to follow the Lord, the spirit? Are you going to follow the law? You see, the Lord wants us all to be free. That freedom comes at the price of submission. Let's continue on our story. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God seeing. For she said, Truly, I have seen him who looks after me. El Rohai. God sees. You know what, my friends, God still sees, just as he saw a teenage girl in the middle of the desert, pregnant and unwanted. God sees. God sees you. He sees your struggles. He's there with you because he sees. God sees all of us when we're self-righteous when we're fleshly and he even sees us whenever we're doing right. We need to realize and we need to conduct our life knowing that El Rohi is there. You have been called to be children of the promise, children of the spirit. We need to learn to walk in that freedom. And so to end out this story called this is the The end of the beginning of the flesh warring against the law, against the law warring against the the flesh and the promise of the spirit. And Hagar, she returned and she bore Abram a son. And Abram called his name, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Not really a happy ending to the story when we know the rest of it, is it? So I have to ask you, what do you think that may have been birthed in your flesh? That you're still paying consequences now. You know what? The Lord wants to forgive you for all the mistakes you've made. Sometimes there'll still be consequences. But the Lord loves you and he wants to forgive you. He wants to continue to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Our takeaway on this. My friends, those of you who accepted Jesus Christ, you have begun in the Spirit. I want you to stay in the Spirit. Number two. Shortcuts to the promises of God usually aren't shortcuts, are they? Follow What God's word tells us, God's spirit will never contradict his word. Be led by the spirit. You'll not you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Be led by the spirit. And you'll produce fruit of the spirit. There are no shortcuts out there. Submit to what God wants you to do. Sometimes we take a look at things. We say, here's a solution. The Bible tells us to test the spirits to see if they're from God. Sometimes the solutions that you come up with, you you know, Abraham thought, Sarah, I came up with a great solution. Not, not, Not so much was it. You and your husband and wife will sit down in your married life. You'll think of some different solutions to the problems that you have. How many of you know? Not every not every solution is a good one. You're allowed to test them. See what God's Word and God's Spirit says about your little solutions that you have come up with. You see, I believe that we that God will always answer those. And finally, even if you mess up, God still is faithful. Some of you are paralyzed about making some decisions because you're afraid you're going to mess up. You know what? If you'll start in the spirit, stay in the spirit. If you realize that there are no shortcuts, if you look at the solutions that you come up with and you test them by God's word and God's spirit and godly, godly counsel. Even if you mess up. God is still faithful and God will love you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, help us to be those children of the spirit. Lord, have been taken out of the children of the flesh and moving beyond the law. The freedom of the spirit, Lord, may we never return to bondage. Lord, may we always be the children of the spirit. And we thank you in Jesus name, I pray. Amen. My family, my friends, I bless you now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. We are going to take a communion now.